Hey friends, welcome to the Love to Be Loved podcast. I'm your host and back pocket bestie, Amanda Lemire. Come join me as I navigate the highs and lows of life while keeping Jesus at the center of it all. We will heal and grow together, share lots of laughs, and meet some pretty cool people along the way. My hope is to never let you forget that you are so, so loved. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Love to Be Loved podcast. I hope that you're having such an amazing, a fulfilling, a life-giving day. Um, I want to start off this podcast episode with just speaking some gratitude out loud, some things that I'm thankful for today, even if it's just something very small, just to keep my eyes on the Lord and his goodness. And I encourage you to do it too. So what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for today. Hmm, Let me think. I've been super into lighting candles. So that's a big thing. I feel like it just changes the environment of a room. So candles I'm thankful for, thankful for my workout this morning and to just have the ability to move and to sweat and to get stronger. Um, I'm thankful for the flexibility of my job to be able to work from home, snuggled up in comfy clothes when it's raining outside. So I'm thankful for my coworkers who make me laugh. Um, just thankful for a lot of things. Thankful for the um, time with friends that I'll have this weekend. Just a lot of goodness in today. So that's what I'm thankful for. But in today's episode, I am going to bring the fire for sure. And that's because we are going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit component of the Trinity has been a bit foreign to me up until I'd say the past couple months. And boy, just having this understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit has absolutely blown my mind. And if you have no clue as to what the Trinity is or what I'm saying, if it sounds like absolutely gibberish to you, just hang tight. It's going to be all broken down, all explained. I do recommend if you haven't already to listen to my podcast episode of why I believe what I believe. It will just help understand the context behind what we're going to be talking about today. Let's get started. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is a really interesting concept because it refers to the three-piece set of the Father. So we have God, the Son, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people get confused because they are three separate forms, but they're also one in the same. And the best way that I learned this or the best way I can explain it to you in like a relatable earthly way is like the three components of water. So we have ice, we have water, and then we have mist. So we have a solid, liquid, and gas. Three distinct forms, three distinct functions, but all are made up of the same chemical composition. Same thing with the, with the Trinity. So each part has a distinct role and a distinct purpose, but all components provide deeper truth and revelation of God, our creators. Starting off, there's God the Father. He chose me. He chose us. He chose you before the world was even created. In Ephesians 1, Paul writes, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So we were chosen by the Father. He placed identity in each of us, and he wants sons and daughters. That's what he's looking for, children. This is super important because the world loves to talk about 
helping you find yourself and discover who you were created to be or figure out what your identity is. But we as Christ followers already have an identity as a child of God. We don't have to go looking for our identity because it's already been given to us. So then we have, we have God the Father. Now we have Jesus the Son. Jesus we can view as our older brother, the one who we can look to as our example, the one who made a way for us and went before us by dying on a cross. He's the one that empathizes with us and he understands exactly what we are going through because he's been through it all. Jesus is looking for brothers and sisters. Then there's the Holy Spirit, the most misunderstood, I think, part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, inside those who have surrendered their life to the Lord. It's a gift from the Lord that God is able to be with us at all times. The Holy Spirit walks with us, does life with us, empowers us, is a messenger, and then makes what Jesus did on the cross so real and so personal to each of us. The Holy Spirit wants students as well as friends. The Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that, like I said before, I only recently came to understand the true power and purpose of it, which is why I wanted to make this episode so that you two can learn what I have been learning. Understanding the true purpose of the Holy Spirit has absolutely transformed and deepened my relationship with the Lord so, so much. So I've been watching The Chosen. I don't know if you guys have been watching it, but if you haven't, I would recommend watching it because it really does make scripture come to life and illustrates Jesus's love and humility in such a cool way. But anyways, I I think about how the disciples were living when they were with Jesus. I can't imagine, yeah, what a blessing it must have been to quite literally walk on this earth with Jesus. But I also think about how difficult it must have been because before Jesus died on the cross, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And yeah, the Holy Spirit came upon them at times. And yes, they finally received the Spirit when Jesus ascended to the Father. But think about before that. They must have been lacking in intimacy in that relationship with God where they were relying so much on their wisdom and on their strength to follow him. But that's how a lot of Christians are living now. Like the Spirit of God isn't within them. Living like It's up to your own strength to stay close to God, to follow his commands and to live out his will. It's all about what you have to do to in order to complete complete that. But that's not at all what we were designed to do. God gave us this helper who shows us what to do, who gives us the strength, the wisdom, the ability to actually do it. And that's the Holy Spirit. It even says in scripture how it's so good that Jesus does leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. John 16, 7 says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And we're going to talk about a couple verses in this chapter later on. But just looking at this verse, verse 7, think about that. Jesus is saying, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit living in you than it is for you to be walking with, with him, Jesus in the flesh. And Now, if you don't have a true understanding of the Holy Spirit, then that sounds crazy to you. Like, what on earth could be better than doing life with Jesus in the flesh? And yeah, that absolutely sounds amazing. Would love to do that 100%. But I now have a better understanding as to what he means by it is good for, for me to go and for Holy Spirit to come because Holy Spirit is such a gift to be valued. Before we get into these functions of the Holy Spirit and purposes of the Holy Spirit, I just want to share what I originally thought about the Holy Spirit 
before the Lord really revealed all this knowledge and um, wisdom about Holy Spirit to me. I totally downplayed the power of the Holy Spirit. I knew that the Holy Spirit lived inside of me, but I didn't really think much about it or what that actually meant or why it was important at all. I just thought like, all right, Holy Spirit just means like Jesus is close to me always, which yeah, that's true, but there's so much more to it. So if you are in that place, just get excited because I know learn, like seeing out these scriptures that we're going to be talking about and really understanding them blew my mind. And I want you to have that realization like I did. So we're going to dive deep into what scripture says about the various functions of the Holy Spirit. And the first one we're going to talk about is the Holy Spirit as a teacher. John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Holy Spirit is a literal teacher of the scriptures. So like when you're reading God's word, ask the Holy Spirit to explain it to you, to give you the wisdom to understand what the heck and Bob you're reading. This is one of his functions and purposes. The Holy Spirit is only going to speak what the Father has spoken. So like it says in John 16, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And then again, later on, the chapter says, the spirit will receive from me, Jesus, what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit only teaches truth from Jesus. Who, And then Jesus says that he only spoke what his father spoke. So that makes all total sense because it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that the entire Bible was written. The Bible is not just a collection of books of random authors. No, like everybody who wrote, Paul, John, James, Isaiah, Solomon, etc., shared the same power of the Holy Spirit, whether the Holy Spirit was living in them post Jesus' resurrection or came upon them before his resurrection. It has to be the power of the Holy Spirit because of just how the Old Testament and how the New Testament relate to one another and have different themes and words and ideas and verses that all come together and all, or are, are all shared throughout the books. I know for me, I used to get very overwhelmed reading scripture because I would put so much pressure on myself to understand it and to memorize it. But now knowing I'm reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit within me, teaching me, I can just open my Bible, invite the Holy Spirit to lead me wherever he wants to lead me. And then as I'm reading, if I get confused or if I'm losing focus or getting distracted, I can just talk to the Holy Spirit, ask him to refocus my mind, ask him to give me understanding, ask him specific questions about what I'm reading. I can ask for revelation. I can ask Holy Spirit to show me like, why are these certain verses or words or themes why do they matter to me personally right now in the season that I'm in or in the day before me? I can just ask them like, like, why is this so relevant? Like, why are you showing me this? And it just totally takes the pressure off of me and allows me to just listen and receive from the teaching and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And then within that function, the Holy Spirit also convicts me. Holy Spirit goes deep into my heart and just exploits the areas that I need help in. Just like in school, like a teacher is going to tell you when you screwed up or when you were wrong, but they don't just leave you in that. At least the good teachers don't just leave you in that. They show you where you went wrong and then they're going to walk with you and help you work through how to get it correct for the next time. 
And thankfully, since Holy Spirit is the absolute perfect teacher, we can have confidence that along with the conviction and the rebukes come grace, come understanding, and come guidance on how to change, how to repent, and how to look more like Jesus. I, I've been reading 1 Corinthians and um, in 1 Corinthians 11, there was a verse that talked about like the goodness of discipline. And even this morning, I was reading in Proverbs 29 about um, discipline being such a good thing. But anyways, uh, in verse 32 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. The discipline and the conviction that is taking place now is just to protect us. I personally want to learn to walk in step with the Lord now so that I can live and experience a more abundant life. I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit for showing me areas in which I need grace, I need more surrender, and I need more of Christ's power to show up for me. The Holy Spirit really opens my eyes and helps me check myself pretty clearly, which leads to more obedience, and then with more obedience comes more joy. Another function of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a messenger, and I like to describe the Holy Spirit as the messenger of love, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But first, let's talk about the concept of being a messenger. It's by the Holy Spirit that we can actually hear God's voice and discern the thoughts of the Father, which I find to be the absolute coolest thing ever. The function of the Holy Spirit as a messenger is really clearly articulated in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, so I want to break down some of those verses. Verse 9 references Isaiah 64 when it says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So this is referring to the plans, the blessings, the purposes that the Lord has in store for us as his children. Plans and blessings and purposes that aren't known and can't even be formulated by human beings. Yet, Paul continues in verse 10 by saying, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So, quick recap. God, once again, creator of the world, has these absurd plans and purposes and blessings for us as his children that no human could think of, could create, could formulate, or even understand. And then God reveals these plans, these purposes, these blessings through the Holy Spirit. So, God's ideas, his thoughts, his intentions are being shared with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes the Holy Spirit a messenger. And then as confirmation, verse 10 continues with, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit knows the Father inside and out, knows every thought, every intention, every plan. And then the Holy Spirit reveals all of that to us. Like how amazing is that? I love how this chapter ends with, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, this was a really game-changing verse for me. I mean, like when I think of game-changing, I always think back to sports where it's like, okay, you hit a three, you get a quick steal in the backcourt, that leads to an and one conversion. So your team was up by six, but now you're up by 12 with two minutes left. So that's a that's a big difference maker where you were up in that game, but now you're just like kind of beating them out of the water with such a limited time left. And I think about that with my walk with the Lord. It's like, yes, I was walking with the Lord, but then when I had this understanding of I have the mind of Christ, that just took my walk with the Lord to uh, a new level. It helps me understand what it means to actually discern the voice of the Lord. I used to really struggle when people would say, 
like God spoke to me or he put this on my heart or he gave me direction in this area. And it would bother me so much because I'm like, I've never hear, I'm like, I've never heard the voice of God. But then I learned this verse, we have the mind of Christ. So the random life-giving truth speaking thoughts that come to my mind are all the Lord communicating to me. The best way to hear the voice of the Lord is to just sit still, to invite the Holy Spirit in and just listen. Try asking a question and listen to the first thought that comes to your mind. If it's life-giving, if it's truthful, if it aligns with scripture, then that's God's voice speaking to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You share the mind of the Lord. You share the same thoughts. Now, yeah, the enemy, he's going to try to speak his voice too, and his voice is loud and it's irritating and it can often be sneaky and warp truth in a sly and a devilish way. So we need to be aware of that. But the deeper we are relationally with Christ and the more we can rely on Holy Spirit as our helper, the more clearly we're going to hear God. Over time, our minds are being renewed. Like it says in Romans 12, more of God's truth will stick and less of the enemy's voice will linger. Holy Spirit is that channel that allows us to connect with our Heavenly Father in such a personal way. And I think that having this realization is what helped me view my relationship with the Lord more intimately. I also mentioned that I like to describe, and like I've said before on this podcast, that demonstration of love is something that we should constantly be thinking about and let sink so deep into our hearts. But as humans, we oftentimes forget the love that he has for us even though it's been so clearly demonstrated. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to remind us of the love that our Father has for us on a daily basis. We can't experience God's love without the Holy Spirit, and we sure can't love others without the Holy Spirit's power either. Romans 5.5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How do we experience God's love being so lavished on us? It says right there, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And there's literally so much scripture about love that I could just have an entire podcast episode or like a gazillion on this topic considering God is love. And um, I want to get into depth in into that in the future. But for this message, I just want to get the point across that it is through the Holy Spirit that we receive, we experience, and then we live out the love of Christ. Another aspect I want to mention that is vital in understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit is viewing the Holy Spirit as a friend. Friends do life with you. They walk alongside you through the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Friends empower you. They pray for you. They hold you accountable. And the Spirit does all this as well because this Holy Spirit is truly our friend for life. Since the Holy Spirit is within us, for those who have been born again, who have surrendered their life to Christ, the Spirit is going where you go. It's your choice whether you want to include the Spirit in your day or listen to his wisdom, but regardless, he's there and he's not leaving you. You can choose not to look at him, not to seek him, but he's just there waiting to be included. For my experience, living a life following the Lord without engaging with the Holy Spirit versus following the Lord and inviting the Holy Spirit and being aware of him throughout my day. Let me tell you, being aware of the Holy Spirit and actually communing with him and doing life with him has given me so much more confidence in my decisions, so much more wisdom, so much more peace and joy. And I feel so much closer to the Lord throughout my days. Holy Spirit's like my buddy. He's my helper. And, and why wouldn't I want a helper? Why wouldn't I want a friend to be with me constantly, always providing me with truth 
going back to John 14 verses 15 through 17, it says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. In other translations, instead of advocate, it says helper or friend. But the most important part of these verses is that the spirit of truth is our ride or die. He's going to be with us through it all. As a friend, the Holy Spirit also empowers us. So the definition of like empowering someone is to make someone stronger and more confident. So how does the Holy Spirit do that? Well, for one, the Holy Spirit reminds us of our inheritance as sons and daughters of the Lord. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. So when when we gave our lives to the Lord, he gave us the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then seals us, showing that we received what we were promised by God, and we will receive an inheritance one that can never perish, spoil, or fade in this life and then in the one to come when we get to spend eternity with King Jesus. With that being said, the Holy Spirit empowers us by encouraging us to step into and to receive the promises of God that are found all throughout scripture. Promises of strength, of rest, of provision, protection, freedom, grace, joy, unconditional love. The Holy Spirit empowers us to ask the Lord for anything and pray big prayers. The Holy Spirit reminds us of our identity, providing us with the confidence to do all things according to his perfect will, because then we know we have the power of Christ who's going to enable us to do the unimaginable. Lastly, I mentioned how friends pray for you. Well, so does the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit actually intercedes on our behalf. It says in Romans 8, 26 to 27, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Have you ever felt like you've been there, right? Like kneeling at the foot of your bed or just sitting there seeking to pray to the Lord, but like not having the words to say what you're what you're trying to say. Maybe it's because you are, so confused or filled with deep sorrow or are just exhausted or can't articulate what you're trying to say, the Holy Spirit has you. He steps right in and directly speaks to the Father on our behalf. That's why I found that the gift of speaking in tongues can be so valuable in this sense. I don't know if you've ever heard or witnessed speaking in tongues and it might sound crazy. And, you know, it sometimes sounds crazy to me when I hear it as well, like a foreign unrecognizable language, but I do appreciate how the Holy Spirit can communicate directly with Father, with the Father through this. We can have confidence that when we're praying in tongues, our spiritual language, or just being silent in the presence of the Lord, we can know that the Holy Spirit is letting God know what we need. I was just thinking about when I first started my my job, like over a year ago, my supervisors would tell me how there will always be a safety net under me. There are always going to be people helping me carry my load and nothing would be blamed on me because it was my team's job to help double and triple check my work. There was absolutely no fear and failure because I knew that I had support all around me. I could work with total freedom without with like no fear 
And I feel the same way about my prayer life. I can come before the Lord in total freedom, knowing that Holy Spirit was is always going to help me communicate whatever my heart is longing to say. The last thing I want to mention about the Holy Spirit is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is something I'm still learning a lot about and seeking out more understanding on. So I don't want to go into too much depth, but I'll share the wisdom that I've been receiving on this from the Holy Spirit and from just exploring and diving into scripture. So a key thing to know is stated in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. We can't put the Holy Spirit in a box and think that the Holy Spirit can only be showcased in certain ways because the way that the Lord works is just so beyond our understanding. If these gifts are of the Lord, then they can only be received one way, which is by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what are the different kind of gifts, you may be wondering? And they're listed out in 1 Corinthians 12, but they're wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Some churches don't really practice these giftings, whereas others do, but Paul directly states in 1 Corinthians 14 to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So to me, that's clearly indicating that these gifts are for God's children right now. Like I mentioned, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gifts of the Spirit, like it says in 1 Corinthians 12, just as he determines. So what does that mean for me is something that I've been asking myself. So I believe that I should ask the Lord for his gifts and trust that he will give me these gifts in order to experience deeper intimacy with the Lord and to also build up the church body. Now, I do believe we as the church body have to be aware of stewarding these gifts well. In 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul goes into depth about the gifts of the Spirit, he also provides guidance on how to use these gifts in an orderly way to be more beneficial. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 33 that says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So just like with anything good, it can be used in a not-so-great way if it's not being used the intent it was supposed to be used in. And in this case, like it says in that same chapter in verse 40, Everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Last thing I want to mention on this where I feel like we can get a little wacky is that while yes, we should eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, we should most importantly chase after love. Then use those gifts with the correct heart posture. I recently read some article that talked about comparing the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control to a cake. And then the gifts of the Spirit being the icing on the cake. Living out a life that reflects Jesus' character is most important because our mission is to represent or to represent Jesus on earth. Like, he came before he walked on this earth living a certain way that was so different from everyone else. Living out humility and love and compassion and selflessness. So we are called to do that too with our time here on earth. We are to be doers of the word, like it says in James 1. So exemplifying the characteristics of Jesus out of the love that we have for him should always be the focus. Then using these gifts of the Spirit to further love, build, serve, and glorify is that icing on top. I'm excited to continue learning about the gifts of the Spirit and experiencing how they can be used through me, but I also always want to keep my heart in check, making sure my motive behind all that I do is out of love, love for my Heavenly Father. So I hope this episode really opened your eyes to the beauty, the power, and the authority of the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Christ but never acknowledge your Holy Spirit helper, I encourage you to do so. 
Seek his wisdom during your time in the word, ask him questions, and quietly listen to his response. Remember, his presence is with you during all parts of your day. It's going to deepen your relationship with God, and you'll experience the Father's love in an even more intimate and powerful way. And if you aren't a Christian, I hope this episode breaks down any fear or pressure you may feel about surrendering your life to the Lord. Know that when you choose to give your life to Jesus, you're not having to do this Christian walk alone. The Holy Spirit is going to give you understanding. He's going to guide you. He's going to enable you to to live the way Jesus did. You have a safety net and you have an advocate. Some of the books and chapters that really helped me have a deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit were John 14 and 16, Romans 5 and 8, and 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 through 14. I would highly encourage you to dive into those scriptures to learn more about the Holy Spirit and to always double check me. Don't ever take my word for any of this. Go to the scriptures and see for yourself. Have a wonderful rest of your day and never forget that you are so valued, you're chosen, and you're loved so dearly. And if you ever forget how much you're loved, remember Jesus gave his life willingly for you. And if that doesn't work, maybe try asking the Holy Spirit to remind you how much you are loved because he will sure do that. I love you guys and I'll see you next time.